espero que nadie se, se ofenda, pero hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Balcão da área, de Pereira Mechuca, cruzou Gilberto, que confusão vai ser para dentro, para dentro! Absolutamente fenomenal da parte de Otamendi. Vai errar, fez o lado para o gol. A Chapelão atirou para dentro. Faltava o golo do Ribatejano. É Benfica, é Benfica, é Benfica. Só nós sentimos isso. Good evening, welcome, welcome to episode 88. Oscar's looking for some good lighting. He's in the dark mode over there. Welcome. My bad. Uh, 88 crawling into the final is the topic for today. Today we got a few different things to cover here. Uh, but first, you got myself, you got Bill, you got Oscar. Gentlemen, how are we? Hey, boys, how you guys doing? Very good, very good. How you guys doing? Good. Good, good. For uh, I mean, got to win. That's that's what's important mm -hmm. right now. Performances are an afterthought, but the wins are the important piece, right? Um, starting off here. Uh, for those of you who are in the chat, as always, feel free to leave us your comments, your thoughts uh, on the topics that we touch on. Even if we're not on that topic, leave us your comment. We'll flag the comment and we will touch on it before the end. Para malta que esteja a ouvir em português, estejam à vontade de deixar os vossos comentários no chat. Podem deixar o comentário em português. Nós percebemos e iremos abordar esse assunto ou esse comentário que deixar no chat. Starting off here, uh, today would have been Ozebu's 80th birthday, um, a day to remember. And also on the negative side, today marks uh, the date of the death of Miki Fahed um, in Guimarães, uh, 2004. So it's been, what, 18 years, 18 years since he passed away. Um, yesterday. I know, it does feel like yesterday. And I actually wanted to start on that, which is, do you guys remember that game do you remember where you were i remember it exactly to the detail um from the minute that i heard the news on the radio to everything I'll, oscar i'll start with you do you remember that game and where you were yeah it was against guimarães and i was at the portuguese club and i was in the bocce room or the sapo room yeah and and uh, i remember it was uh igor paul tomas they were all there playing sapo and i came out and i said I think Fahed just died. Not in my head. It's not. It didn't. He didn't die. He just collapsed, and it was yeah. okay. And you know how sometimes, like uh, you, you, you say the worst thing, expecting the the mm -hmm. least worst. That's what I said. I, I went out to them. Like I think Fahed just died, and then I came back in, and then the ambulances came on the field and all that. And then the next day, he he was dead. 
It was well, that, that night. That night. Yes, it was that night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, you so, remember? Yeah, I was I was um, sitting at home watching the game with my dad, um, sitting on the sofa, and kind of the same thing as Oscar. Like when he fell, you just kind of saw it happen and didn't really like think though like it was like the worst case scenario you thought like maybe he got like hit with something like some a fan threw something on the field um and then i think once i saw the the replay and then like everyone's reaction that's when it like sunk in and you're like oh shit now this isn't this isn't like a stupid like fan throwing something on the field like this is this is something else or time I, at the beginning i thought it was time wasting i thought he was just trying to to kill the clock by going down and get faking an injury. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because I remember like it was. If late, I remember correctly, it was late in the game, right? Yeah. And like they didn't show him like fall. All of a sudden on TV, they like yeah. come back to him and he's on the ground and you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it was a throw. And I remember I was sitting at home. We were all watching. It. My uncles were there, and I remember when it happened. And after the game, I was on my laptop or on my computer um, in my room, and I was listening to to the radio, and uh, they announced that he had passed away. And I remember I walked through the dining room, through the kitchen, and I just said, like, they, they said he died. And, like, I went straight into the the porch, which was a covered porch. And I remember just sitting out there watching TV, and I was, like, completely, like, I mean, that was the first time that I, had, as a fan, ever experienced a moment like that. Um, 2004, I was 17 years old, so it was definitely a situation that you're not used to living. So I, feel I like that was the was first time I had ever watched, like, I can't remember, it probably was like Sport TV, but I think that might have been the first time I've ever watched for like straight after the game, like just left oh, yeah. it and it was on. Like typically the game ends, I'll listen to like the post-match comments from the, the, the some of the players and the manager and then kind of switch a channel. But that was on until like, I can't remember how late, like it was yeah. on forever. And then when they, when they made the like official announcement, that's when I was like, all right, I need to. You're hooked at that point. I need to turn off. Yeah. Um, all right. So I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that. Ozebu, happy birthday to Ozebu up in heaven. Um, 80th birthday. And we can't forget uh, Mickey Fahed's passing um, 18 years ago. Also, to remind people that next Tuesday um, at 4 o'clock Boston time, um, nine o'clock in Lisbon. Uh, we will have Carlos Manuel on uh, to chat a little bit about his career, his time at Mefica. Um, so look out for that. Should be an interesting conversation. Uh, today we're going to touch on Oroca Zero, Mefica Two uh, in the league on Friday, um, a snooze fest. Uh, we'll touch on today's Mefica One, Bovista One with the win in PKs, three two. Um, and we'll touch on what's to come. We'll touch quickly on Weigel being the captain or one of the captains now. Um, Florentino's back or coming back to the team. How can that influence uh, selections? And given current circumstances, what do you guys consider a good season? Um, so we'll start with Oroca. And I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this game because there's not really much to say. I have a couple of topics here that I'd like to just touch on quickly. But um, Befica goes to Oroca, who I think they're bottom of the table or second to last or something like that. Um, we start with uh, Vlacodimus in goal. Grimaldo, Vertonghen, Otamendi, Lazaro, Rafa, Paulo Bernardo, Weigel, João Mario, Yaremchuk, and Darwin. Um, on paper, looks like a 4-4-2. Uh, at times during the game, at least in the beginning, uh, it was almost like a 4-3-3 with João Mario kind of playing out on the left, and then it was a 4-4-2 with João Mario on the left and Paulo Bernardo more in the middle. 
Um, there was a couple different variations, but the game in itself wasn't that exciting. Um, so, Oscar, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on that game? Um, and what are your thoughts on uh, the fact that we finally got Yadamchuk in the starting lineup, right? The game before that, we pumped, you know, an infinity amount of balls into the box and didn't get anything out of it. And then this game, we actually have a striker who's got height, who's physical, right? And you would think can challenge for the ball in the air. And we don't play any balls into the box. So it's like, is this the tactic? Is this just the players not able to execute on the game plan? Like, what the hell's going on? Man, I I think this team got so used to playing the the three back with the the, the, the Grimaldo and the and the Diogo Gonçalves or Gilberto playing uh, you know the wing backs and having them cross the ball that those guys that are are wingers are so used to being coming in so now so much that they they it's almost like it's they have to adapt again to go into the corner or to cross the ball and 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 because those guys are going to play in a defensive role now not of attack not more of attacking role and i think it's them because this Aroka game like they they're this Aroka team is 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 horrible they play with the b team and and we created four chances throughout the whole game like i i legit wrote them down like i'm like I can't believe that we went like 40 minutes at a time without creating a chance against this Aroka B team, right? And and we had our strikers that we had Darwin, we had Yarmachuk, we had Rafa, who is who is a, a player that creates chances, and we weren't creating nothing, absolutely nothing. So and it brings me back to like where where I've always said like like I don't know what what was thinking now, like I don't know like I just was fixed it because at the beginning we had the same issue when we played the four four two or or four three three we had the same issue not creating chances and then he figured out that this the this, the team that we had was not good for that system and he 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 changed it around put the three backs had the wing backs crossing the ball because they're more offensive than defense. And and it worked out. It worked out when it came to creating chances. They don't. And obviously, like against big teams, maybe a four-four-two is a, bit, a better result because we're more compact in the back. But against small teams like Karoka, an attacking team is what we, it's called for. Like, and I think this we needs time to adapt and to figure that out because it was a sad watch, very sad <laughs> watch against Karoka. It was extremely painful game. Bill, thoughts on on what Oscar said and your thoughts on the game. And then also my question to you is Kenny mentioned it in the comments and uh, he unfortunately wasn't able to be here with us today to uh, add his thoughts. But he had mentioned in our chat that it looks like we have 11 individuals out there and not a team. Um, What are your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, no, I I agree with what Oscar was saying. Like we saw it with JJ at the beginning where just couldn't figure out how to create and um, create good opportunities to score. And in this game, it was just another one of those where we couldn't, um, we couldn't figure it out. And we saw more of that today, but um, formation wise, I I think Verissimo was set on this kind of four back and then the midfield three and the front three kind of adapt to when we have the ball and we don't have the ball. Um, it's it's painful. I, I agree with what Kenny Kenny's saying when, when he's saying like we don't have a team, right? Like it just it doesn't look like they're all on the same page. It, it kind of guy gets a, gets the ball head down, tries to beat a few guys, and then plays it off. But it doesn't look like attacking wise we have that the attacking fluid motion between the team and and everyone kind of 
is on the same page. Everyone knows what the game plan is. Um, and I don't know if that's on the manager or if those are the players that have are at the point now they're just tuning out any manager at this point or I don't know what's going on because um, the last three performances, including today's, like there's no improvement from game to game. Um, and these are games against teams that we don't shouldn't. Ahead. That's a topic that I'm going to touch on in the next in the next game. So <laughs> I'm going to stop you there before you ruin right. it. Um, I wanted to touch on a comment here from Francisco Reyes, who commented on our post today. And it was after the game today, but I think it's fitting in the context of this conversation, which is, como é que é possível mudar-se de treinador e a equipa continuar a brindar-nos com tão paupérrimas exibições? Eles continuam a abusar do individualismo, a darem a bola demasiadas vezes aos adversários, a demorarem tanto tempo a chegar à área adversária, permitindo que quando lá chegam já os outros se recuperassem de algumas ações mais avançadas, continuam com os habituais Uh, Salam Alex para chutar a baliza da adversária e que dizer do golo sofrido na sequência daquele estúpido penalti em que o Morato devia uh, pura e simplesmente tirar a bola daqui, dali and then I want to skip to the end here which is quase continua a aparecer um grupo de rapazes que se juntou para uma futebolada antes de uma almoçarada enfim, saudações benfiquistas so, para já um abraço ao Francisco Reis um, but I think that last section there I think is, is telling of of what we're currently facing, which is, it essentially looks like a bunch of guys who, hey, you guys want to go kick the ball around? Let's go kick the ball around. And there's no dynamic. There's no strategy. It's basically just each one for themselves. And hopefully it figures it out. But on the other side of that, I think it it's also telling that I think we've all gone through a point in our times where, you know, Barcelona, for example, is at their peak, right? And I'm sure most of us said any coach can win with this team, right? Any coach can do it, right? And I think this is also telling that shows you that, you know, it's not as easy as you just put a bunch of professionals on a soccer field and they're going to figure it out on your own. I think there's, right, we're naive to that situation. But Oscar, what what do you think of this context of, like, it, it just seems like just a bunch of guys that, that got together and are kicking the ball around? I mean, they've shown these bunch of guys already shown they can play. They they've shown they've had glimpses of games where like, oh shit, this team can play, all right. But if you had to, I'm gonna stop you there. If you had to think right off the cuff, if you had to give me three games that you can remember that Benfica played well, right? Apart from the Braga game, can you think of any others? Like off the Barcelona, I mean, maybe at home. Yeah, the, the Barcelona at home. It was a game I gave yep. a lot of compliments to Jesus at that time. Yep. I, uh, I it was a perfectly planned game per perfectly ex executed we took advantage of our chances and we played as a team defensively yep. and attacked as a team so that game to me was a perfect game against the, the perfect opponent opponent right um i remember even even the, the same group of guys like i i it, even the champions league against uh, dinamo kiev even kiev, kiev yep. uh, we, we we created tremendous amount of chances like we all we needed to do is score goals because we created those chances um, both home and away, like we we dominated those games, and in that and, and this reminds me, like I I told you guys in the chat, um, like Benfica, I don't mind, I don't I don't get mad at Benfica if they if they can't score a goal as long as they oh shit the light just came on, <laughs> as long as they uh, they create they create like a, a, they dominate the game right against a team like a, a smaller team, I expect them to go all out in, in, in attack right. We had that example like 
years back, and I and I mentioned in the chat against against Wavista, right, where they had the William goalie that saved everything yeah. that was shot at them. Like Karagunis was taking shots, Simon was taking shots, and he saved everything. And we tied that game. We didn't. We couldn't score. It was like zero zero, right? But that game was like, all right, it's one of those games that you could be here all day and not score. But we dominated. We dominated. Now, when we play Rokas and and teams like this, and we create three chances, and it's a, it is it's a bunch of lost guys with no no idea what their their plan is supposed to be or what they're supposed to be on, doing on the field, right? The, and maybe this comes to Verissimi not knowing them yet well, or or vice versa, they don't know what the, what the coach wants, and maybe it takes a little more more time. Either didn't have a preseason to prepare it with these guys, so maybe it's a thing that. But I don't see, like Bill said, I don't see improvements from game to game, and that's what's scaring me. I mean, today, first half, um, we're not talking about this game today, but first half, it gave us glimpses of like, uh, all right, maybe they're connecting. And then all of a sudden, they fell apart again. And there yeah. goes a shit show. And we'll get to that. Um, the last one that I wanted to touch on this topic is, um, do you guys feel like in the current state, right, the fact that, you know, the, the situation that we've gone through, we're out of the Tasa de Portugal, um, you know, we're nine points back from first place. Uh, do you think that given the current state of things, that with the new manager, trying to give him time to kind of figure out who's staying, who's going, who fits my system, what system are we going to use? Uh, do you feel that the performance is taking or should take a back seat to the result, right? Like for us as fans, right? Obviously we want to see Benfica play good football, right? Obviously we want to see them play well and win. Um, but should we take less importance of the performance right now and and say, listen, like, I know it's not going to get better overnight, right? I don't expect him to just, you know, turn water into wine with a snap of a finger. But with wins comes confidence, right? And even though they're playing bad, right, or not playing very well, um, they're somehow winning, right? And that was only the last game, right? Because we lost, we tied to Muradins, right? So but in these two games, in this context, we're winning, even though we're not playing well. So, So do you think that as fans, we should say, okay, like given the current circumstances, let's look at the result more than the performance today. And then in two weeks or three weeks, right, then there's a little bit more time that we can judge it on. And then we should expect a little bit more, Bill. And this goes a little bit into the, the conversation that I was going to say, and, and I guess we can bring them together, which is given the amount of games that he's had now as, as a manager, right? And again, I want to take the Porto one out because it was difficult circumstances and it was tight. But right, he's had Pas Ferreira, he's had Muradins, um, he's had uh, this game, he had Aroca, right? So four games, um, and theoretically, with all due respect to every opponent, theoretically teams that are lesser uh, uh, levels of, of Benfica, and these would have, we said two weeks ago, that these were the perfect games for him to start to gain some momentum and show something, but... Have you seen anything different? Any positives? Have you seen anything worse? See, that's that's the frustrating part. I in these games, I have like I said earlier, like I, you haven't seen improvements from game to game, right? And like that's ultimately what you want to see, right? Especially from a manager that's taken over halfway through the season, right? Like, yeah, it's going to take time to get his kind of ideas and stuff implemented in the team, but you would hope that in a span of what four games that every game you would see improvements Something. and you see glimpses of it like today in the first half like Osric said like it, they looked like they were 
playing better and and then it all went to shit in the second half. But again, is that the manager or is it the players? Because like it's frustrating when you have these the same players that you had at the beginning of the season and you have those games like Oscar mentioned, the game against Dinamo, the both games against Dinamo, the game against Barca, like the Braga game, like they've put in good performances, so you know the players are capable. So it's like a fine line. Like, is the glimpse that we saw today in the first half finally the like the manager getting his stuff implemented, or was that just like the players were up for it in the first half and like thought they had it in the bag going into the second half? Like, that my biggest thing with 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 these games is like it if we're not winning, and even if we get, go up, like it just looks like we're like not interested in the game. Like there's no, like we've talked about, it. there's no like garra in these players. Like they just look like they're out there just to like collect the paycheck and like you're down or tied. And like, you don't see the fight in, in some of these players. And it's, it, it's frustrating to watch at times. And like today was a perfect example. Like there's no reason. Don't skip ahead. Don't skip ahead. To, all right. So have you seen Sorry. improvements or does it look no. the same to you? Have you it, seen, has it gone backwards? It, it look it looks the same. I, like it, it, I haven't seen anything get better. Oscar, do you agree? I I think the only thing that, or one of the things, major things that this coach needs to figure out is what the game is asking for. And uh, and I don't think he he knows yet. Maybe he doesn't know the players yet because it feels like when when we're doing something right, it feels like he messes that up by his his, his touches or his substitutions or whatnot. Yeah. Like. It like I think he needs to figure out like figure out the players that he has and what the game is asking for at the moment because I think he just knows okay these three forwards are here in the bench and these three guys are playing there so I'm gonna take them out and put these in without knowing what the game is asking for and I think that's what's what's causing him these issues and especially in the second halves when we're we're doing poor is him touching the the, the game with the wrong on the wrong uh, wrong places. I agree with you, and I think there's a couple examples of that in the game today, which we're going to jump ahead to. Um, but just to close off that game with Aroka, which, again, there wasn't much to say. We got the win. That was the important. Darwin scores from a penalty. Gonzalo Ramos puts it away at the end. Again, another game that we've talked about it before. Benfica doesn't have that killer instinct, right? We and went, they missed oh, the PK. Don't forget that. They did, right? So <laughs> we went. The whole game, right? And I just kept having flashbacks to the game against Turil, right? We're keeping them in the game. We're keeping them in the game. They're going to get one chance. They're going to score. And they had their chance, and they didn't score it, right? The penalty. But, um, again, we just we lack that killer instinct today. We saw it again, and we'll, we'll get to it. So if you had to pick uh, a standout player of that game in Aroka, uh, who would you pick, or would you pick no one? Uh, Oscar. I mean, I... I think the only chances we created was through Darwin. So I think <laughs> that's who I give it to. I mean, uh, I know Rafa had a, a few chances, but he's, it was quiet most of the game. Only had that chance to, where the goalie saved it to the uh, yep. wide. Um, yeah, but but I think I think Darwin has been. It was the guy that was pressing, that was running, that was creating any, anything that we had going. It was Darwin. I agree, Bill. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think any kind of opportunities that we created were coming from that. That and left he, side, and he got the PK, and yeah, yep. exactly. Like he, and I think he that he created it. He created it. He felt he's he had the first foul. first three shots of the game. Yep. So, uh, and that doesn't say much. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think 
Darwin for me, just in terms of the sheer effort. Uh, goal point has uh, Otamendi at 7.1, um, gave him the star. Darwin had a 6.3, Joe Mario had a 6.5. Um, Darwin got that goal, like you said, in the PK, and, and Grimaldo got the assist on the free kick to uh, Gonzalo Ramos, who came on in the second half. He had a 5.4. So that one's behind us. Uh, hopefully you didn't fall asleep while watching it. Um, we'll pass ahead to today's game. So we got the final four, uh, Benfica against Boavista in Leiria with the chance to get to the final of the Tasa Liga. Um, we pulled it off uh, by the skin of our teeth, 1-1 uh, in regulation and 3-2 in penalties. Um, Benfica starts with, um, let me see here. We had Odyssey is in goal. We had, where the hell is it? Oh, uh, Odyssey is Grimaldo, Vertonghen, Moratu, and Lazaru, Otamendi, and Darwin were not available because they were away, uh, with the national team. Uh, Everton, uh, Diogo, Paulo Bernardo, Weigel, João Mario, and Yaremchuk. Um, essentially, like we had talked about in our chat, for me, it looked like a uh, 4 5 1, and Kenny had mentioned that as well 4 5 1 without the ball. Um, and then with the ball, it was kind of a, a 4 3 3, or you can look at it as a 4 1 um, 2 3. Uh, but Weigel was basically sitting in that number six hole by himself, uh, controlling the midfield, uh, being that first line of construction. Uh, when we played it wide, um, Paulo Bernardo dropped in to help. Joe Mario stayed higher up the pitch uh, in most scenarios. Um, and then when the ball was coming out with Morato and Vertonghen, um, Weigel was normally the main the main guy to pick the ball up in, in deep uh, spaces. Uh, a first half that, uh, for me, I was, wasn't was upset by. I thought we had, as we grew into the game in the, se in the second half of the first half, or the, the end of the first half, Benfica was moving the ball well. We had that chance that they created with, you know, a couple one-touch passes that Yadamchuk uh, should have scored, um, and he didn't. Um, but I thought that the dynamic looked a little bit better. Um, and then the second half, uh, right, the, the goal was early. I think it was in the first, like, seven minutes or something, right? So I think as soon as they scored, Benfica just completely, any air they had in their balloon was completely deflated, right? And then if we're being honest, if there had to be, if there had to have been a winner in regulation, I think we can all agree that Bovista should have been the winner. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Bill, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on this game, um, and what were your thoughts on the midfield three, the way it was positioned in a diamond? So this <laughs> this game like perfectly sums up like the season, right? Like you. <laughs> the first half where like you see the potential in the team and like there's glimpses of, okay, they, they might be figuring the shit out. And, and then the second half, the fucking wheels fall off the bus and um, the team looks like shit. Um, I, I also think the second half, there were a few tactical changes that I kind of question and we can get into that a little later. Some of the moves that Verissimo made and like Oscar mentioned, like, he's making moves that seem to be at the wrong time and the wrong type of move in, in the situation of the game. Um, as for the, the midfield three, I, especially in the first half, I, it looked, it looked good. And it, 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 I think we mentioned on our group chat, like it looked like it freed up Vigel a little bit to have yeah. that two other supporting midfielders there. Like he, he didn't have the two of them draw Maru and Vigel didn't have to cover as much space. When there's a third guy there, it, it kind of breaks it up a little bit, and I think it, it helps 
um, especially especially Vigel because I think he um, he's tasked with doing a lot more defensively than than Joao Mario is. Um, I think it it kind of frees him up a little bit, and it looked good in the first half. And and I, again, I don't know if it was tired legs or something in the second half, but it just um, after that goal, like you said, it just fell apart. I just think it's mostly confidence. Um, and here on the graphic we have up on the screen, right at halftime, um, but if you get three shots, two on target, uh, one of them being a goal, and the second one was Yadamchuk's shot um, that the goalie saved. Um, in that first half, Bobby's had ten shots, three of them on target, and and I think the three that were on target like were deflections or were, were right at Odysseus from a distance, so nothing challenging or nothing that he had to like do anything crazy. But if we forward, if we fast forward here to full time. Uh, Bobista had finished with 19 shots and seven on target, right? And in that second half, uh, I can think of a last, I can think of a last, at yeah. least three, right? The header that he jumped up and saves, the one that the guy went to cross and he shot it near post, he saved, right? So he made some big saves in regulation to, to keep us in that game and not let Bobista go ahead. Um, but Oscar, thoughts on thoughts on that game um, and kind of the difference that we saw between the first half and the second half? And do you think it's it, it's sheer confidence, right? Because again, uh, we thought that the team looked better in the first half, right? And then they concede that goal early in the second half, and it's like it completely shattered the team. Like th- they looked so disjointed after that. Uh, but when I when I say we looked better, meaning we passed the ball better Correct, in the yeah. first half, because because we still not what we want because but we, we we created we created one chance. Correct. The goal the goal wasn't a chance we created. The goal Correct. was a, was mistake a mistake by then. Correct. Right. So the chance we created was the Yarmachuk to hit the straight at the goalie. Correct. That's the, the, what they passed between under the legs and all Correct. that. Yep. That was the only chance in the mm-hmm. first half that we created. So so even though we're passing the ball better, we're not creating chances. Correct. So don't don't get me wrong saying oh well, no, no, I agree. Hundred percent agree. This Benfica looks amazing. No, no, we were still not creating shit. And second <laughs> half was like a down. It was like a jet from that keeping possession to a straight downfall on performance. It was horrible. So, and and I had a question for you guys. Have you guys seen or have you guys seen potential on Paulo Bernardo in that midfield? Dude, I was. He's one of those guys that I constantly watch every single game to see. Right, and like he has spurts of like he he turn. He had one today where. He had the ball and he was he had his back to uh, uh, the Bobista goal at midfield and in a moment where the team was in transition and he turned and I thought it was a terrible turn but he somehow got through but if he loses that ball they're literally running guns blazing at us but I agree with you Oscar I think it's one of those things where he's got that Seychelle aura over his head and we're so fixated on it that if he makes a fucking three yard pass it's like holy shit Paulo oh, Ronaldo oh, he's the future he's got to yeah. he's got to play every game. Yeah. And I, I'm, and I'm assuming that you're you're hinting to this, but I'm completely on board with you, Oscar. That I haven't, and granted, the people that he may be taking their spot haven't been performing well either. So why not give him a chance? But I haven't seen anything from him that stands out that says he absolutely has to be a starter. I don't know if Bill, you agree with that. No, I I agree. I I think we, we talked about him earlier in the season. We were seeing him come in in little kind of cameo roles toward the end of games and like you would see little bits of things because you don't get to see 60, 70 minutes of it. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think we all agree that, that when we saw cameos of them, we were all like, Oh, all right. You, there might be something there. And now that we're seeing more of yeah, it, we saw, we saw, like, we saw those, he's not bad, but again, he's not, 
you don't see these huge I, I don't the thing is like plays. from players like him I ex- like attacking midfielder type of player right I expect shots from outside I expect through balls I expect like yeah. like a assist I uh, that's what I expect from a guy like him right and he does that on the B team I know, but he doesn't do it on, on Correct. Against, it's a against, different level. Against the Blue Beast, that's that's ten guys down due to international duty and uh, whatever. This it's basically like a B team. In Aroka, is a B team. So like, yeah. so what what are we what are we missing? Is it is it our B team better than our A team that he can play with a B team better than he can play with the A team? I, like, what am I missing? Because I haven't seen. I, I didn't watch much of the B team to see how he played there, but. I'm trying to watch. I'm like, all right, what are the the people seeing him that I'm not seeing? And and today I watch very carefully. I'm like, what the fuck do I see in this guy? Like, what 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 is he creating? Like, is he even like defending enough so can, can to give Jean Mario a chance to go up? No, I, I I feel like he's slow and he doesn't have the killer pass or the killer uh, shot from outside that that we need on a number eight. So I I'm just confused as to as to what this team is, how it's been put together. I, it's, it's not working for me. I agree with you. And in the league, in the B, in the uh, B team, he has 10 games in the league, um, two goals and one assist. Um, and he was voted best player of the league for the month, uh, in the second division, I think last month. Um, but again, it's a different, it's a different dynamic. It's a different type of play, right? That, that B team, is guns blazing, right? I watch them pretty often. They are, you know, high press, high energy. Um, at times they catch themselves uh, a little bit disorganized because they're just balls to the wall. Um, a lot of young kids on that team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but again, they have, I think there's, there's a couple guys there that stand out, but I agree with you, Oscar. I, th- I think that if he didn't have the aura of Seychelles over his head, I think he would, people would look at him and be like, you know, what does he bring to the table? But I think because he's a youth product that we're, we're fixated to give him that opportunity. And I think he, he deserves it, right? If we're going to pay someone 15 million and we're going to give them an opportunity, then why shouldn't we give someone like him an opportunity? I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I, I agree with the, the sentiment of, has he done anything? And, and again, it's only been a short sample, right? I, I think this is his third start, but I think uh, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more, but, not i also don't want to knock him to say right he's not good enough or he's not going to be good right like i don't think that's what any of us are saying but i would have liked to at least see something right like he had a couple of nice through balls or, or he, well, a few he, shots from outside correct. like oh yeah. he has a long distance like yep. i believe like juan felix worked right he's a guy they threw into the lineup and like and he just he, he pinned out like he where you came out and on top um but a lot of these players that come from the b team I maybe it's just me, but I I think it's just, it's a player that should be worked into the to the squad, right? Like have uh, the the normal squad and then have like uh, I the game like this against Boavista, even uh, as a three midfield, a Tarapt would probably do uh, create more chances than Paul Bernardo did. He can maybe do fuck like twenty billion wrong passes, <laughs> but you you give you three three good through balls or yeah. or to, to for the forwards. The forwards are not creating are not creating chances because the balls are not getting to them, and we need somebody there to create those chances. I'm not even going to bring up Peasy because that's uh, that's boat sailed and and <laughs> I'm done uh, preaching about him. But even a Tarap to probably do a better job of creating chances in front of that that the two midfielders than Paul Bernardo did, and maybe Paul Bernardo Tarap would start or Peasy would start and and have Paul Bernardo come in in the 63rd minute and work out the last last uh, 30 minutes of the game. To me, that would be more make more sense to work Paul Bernardo into a squad and get him used to it instead of having all the pressure on him. 
I don't disagree. And I'm going to be completely honest with you here that in the second half, when um, after that first kind of phase of uh, Boa Vista, where they were kind of all over us and Benfica started to settle a little, little bit more into the game in the second half. Um, I must admit that I was sitting watching the game and in my head, I could hear myself having a conversation with you and saying, I think right now would be a good moment that PZ could, could come into this game. Um, because that fact of we were starting to possess the ball a little bit more, but we literally were just going side to side, back, side to side, back, right? And and I wanted to touch on this, which is right, we were talking about Yadam Chuk in the in the in our chat, which is and you touched on that, Oscar, which is it seems like no matter what striker's up there right now, like you're gonna get one shot, right? And if you don't take that one shot, you're fucked because you're not gonna get another shot. Or create it yourself like Darwin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like, uh, whether it's Seth, whether it's Gonzalo, whether it's Yadam Chu, whoever the hell is up there, like you're basically on an island by yourself. You're going to get, you're going to be lucky if you get one clear goal scoring chance, right? And Yadam Chuk had his today and he, and he fell backwards and shot the ball and mishit it. Um, but you're going to get one chance, right? And if, so basically we're asking our strikers to be a hundred percent efficient. Right. And when the team's not playing well, the team's not confident, it's not gelling. It's really hard to be efficient. It's hard to be 100 percent efficient when the team's playing well. It's even harder to do it when the team's not playing well. But I, I want to pass the ball to you on that, Oscar, in terms of Yadam Chuk and the strikers and the chances, because, you know, you had brought it up in the chat. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. No, I mean, I, I get I I. I Yarmin Chuk has a lot to prove to me as, as a striker. Uh, so all of us, I think. Right. But uh, I, 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 you know, like I said in the chat, I, I had him as my disappointment for the season because I feel, I feel like it, it would take him a year to adapt and to whatnot. And so far, he had a, a, a good spell at the beginning. That we scored a few goals and all that. And then he fell. It felt like Seferovic when he first started. Until November, he was like our, a striker. And then all of a sudden, then he just fell off a cliff as well. So... So to to me, I, I, but I don't, I can't blame them. Like just like you said, we like today we had Diego Costa got into the game. Diego Gonzalez got got into the game, and he was actually crossing the ball, crossing the ball to the box, and all of a sudden take him out. All right, and then we we have uh, we put in a Gonzalo Ramos. He's not going to go to the corner and cross the ball. He's going to yeah. try going to the middle. We had Everton, who's used to going to the middle to yeah. cut in and, and shoot from the outside of the box. So Yarmichuk being there is just a, holding a man. Yeah. Basically, he's basically running around like an idiot and holding his head him cut in. off and just trying to work his ass off. But yeah. when we right, he and he was dropping a lot in between lines to link play. But by the time the ball got wide, he's still trying to get into the box, right? Yeah. So basically, like, who are you going to cross it to? No one. Yeah. Um, Bill, what were your thoughts on that? And and Oscar touched on the substitutions, and I know that you were going to touch on it earlier, which is he took the Ogunsalves off. He moved Everton to the right which I thought he lost complete influence in the game when he moved to the right because he's so used to playing on the left and cutting inside. It's almost like he doesn't know what the hell to do with himself when he's on the right, considering that he's a righty. Um, I would have preferred if he was going to move Everton to the right to bring on Radonic on the left instead of Gildias. But although I will say that Gildias didn't play bad, he created a couple of chances to get himself down the line. His service into the box just wasn't good, but he created a few half chances for himself. Um, right. And then Gonzalo Ramos coming in, like you said, Oscar, right? Like reading the game and knowing the moments of the game and what does the team need in that moment? 
and I thought that the substitution for PZ, I thought was late. I thought Super it could have been done, you know, 15 minutes earlier. But he so, takes, out, but he takes out the striker. And that that right. was another thing. Like you <laughs> he, takes out, he takes out the striker for to to he puts in a guy that will get PKs. the ball. That he'll get the ball to the box. But takes out the guy that's in the box. Oh, but I think they were there was and they hinted to it on the on Sport TV, which is it may have been a tactical substitution for penalties. Wait, so Yarmachuk can't take a PK? That's, the that's thing. what I was thinking. He's a striker, so why wouldn't if you have a striker? Him, if you're thinking about PKs and you're bringing PZ on, why are you going to take a striker out? Correct. Like, yeah, that confused. A striker typically is one of the people that's going to take a PK. Yeah, I was really confused by that substitution. But Bill, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean the the one I didn't like was Paulo Verardo coming off, right? And well, him coming off and not replacing him with another like a trap, someone else in the midfield because I I felt like at that time we were losing the midfield battle, and we needed if we were gonna kind of bring someone else on, it should have been someone else in the midfield and not Gonzalo Ramos, which is a striker, or um, Julius, who's left back or left winger. Um, I think, I don't think that sub at that time was, or at least that midfielder coming off was the right move because I think we were struggling to control the game at that point. They had just scored. Um, and I think we needed having the third person in the midfield, I think helped and then losing them. I, I think that's just, uh, we lost control of the midfield and we lost control of the game at that point. Um, the PZ one again. I mean, there's there was a few subs today that just kind of left your head scratching and wondering like what the fuck he was thinking. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and and let me remind me of uh, how many times this happens where a player's on the bench the whole game comes in on the last second of the or last minute of the game to take PKs. Like and then and almost scored. And, <laughs> and, 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 and like scored it happens. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, he almost about, scored that, before. That, PKs. That, 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 but I'm talking about PK for somebody puts a play in on purpose just for PKs. So yeah. many, it happened in. It didn't happen in UK uh, on the Europe uh, Euro League with the they put Rashford and Sanko yeah. in yeah. to oh, put England in the Euro. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. take to take yeah. to take PKs they and missed. then they both miss. Yeah. Like. It's just a player that's cold on the bench the whole time. You just put him in. Leave him Yarum. He's a striker guy. If he's only for yeah. PKs, let the guy stay for PKs. He's warm. He's ready for the yeah. – you, you can shoot the ball, right? But, man, I just don't get it. I don't get the, the thought process. Yeah, Well, if you're bringing – like, if you're bringing PZ on for, P, like, for PKs, which I think we all assume that's what – the, the reason why Especially he Especially in the 88th on. minute. Why take off a striker who is more than likely, like, typically strikers are one of the ones that step up to take PKs, like – take off a defender like you could have taken off a center back and moved my day back just for those last few minutes yeah but it's risky right because then what if you like can it, see it in those last minutes then they're like what the fuck were you thinking right you got to get you have to get to penalties before you can win yeah. in penalties right so yeah, but but then, then then you think think about like take out a a, a mate or somebody or jill diaz even though they just came in yeah, take, i would agree with the jill diaz one yeah. yeah i would agree with that one because Right, you there's no overtime, right? So yeah. put your best guys for the for the PKs on the field. Um, so I don't disagree with that. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on uh I felt like our offense was mostly down Grimaldo's side. Um Lazaru for me was another disappointment today, right? Like the guy's got lots of pace, but I just feel like offensively he doesn't give us anything. And in the second half, 
Um, I can't remember what the heck that guy's name was. It was uh, Kenji Gore. Dude, he was torching Lazaro every time he got the ball down that line. Um, and again, I think it touches on on Verisma, right? Reading the game. And when he took Diogo off, I thought he was going to take Lazaro off. And instead, he took Diogo off, moved Everton to that side. And I feel like defensively, we potentially got weaker there. Um, but I wanted to touch on Lazaro, which is have you guys... I know that we've touched on him a couple times and said, you know, he, he looked good or, you know, he didn't do so well. Have, I guess is the verdict out on Lazaro? Do you think he's he's a potential player? Do you think that, you know, we should cut ties with him and let him go back since he's on loan? Oscar. I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of his. I, I'm not a fan of his. I, I, I'll take the uh, Gilberto and Diogo Salves over him. Um, he just doesn't, he, he's the type of player you, you could tell that he's there on a temporary note. Like he could tell, like he, I'm not here trying to prove a point. I'm here just to, to play a few minutes and get the fuck out of here. He's yeah. not there. Yeah. That's, that's the feeling I get when I see him playing. So I, I'd rather just let him go. Bill, do you agree? And then I also wanted to touch on my take came on in the 83rd minute and I don't know what the hell got in him, but he looked a completely different player than what we've seen. Is that the mic that we were supposed to get back in? I have no in idea. August? Like you finally showed up? I don't know. He was, he was working his ass off. He was taking players on. He flicked the ball over one guy at midfield. He was, he was carrying the team forward. At one point I was like, is that Mike did? Like what the hell is going on? So Thoughts on Lazaro and thoughts on what you saw today from Maite. I mean, I know it was only seven minutes, but shit, if we can get that Maite, maybe that's the guy that we we were supposed to buy and he just hasn't shown up. Yeah, I mean, with for Lazaro, I think we there, there's been like glimpses of of him and like his pace and the, like his explosive like first few steps and getting by guys, but. <sighs> I, it hasn't been consistent enough for me, and I I agree with Oscar. Like, if if you're saying keep him or let him go, I'm I'm letting him go. And like, I rather I rather go into it like next season or with Diogo and Gilberto and like a young kid, like bring someone up from the B team or something like that. And that would be like the third uh, choice in the back because I, I I haven't seen enough from him to 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 warrant us paying whatever at least inters player right yes yeah i mean i there's not enough i haven't seen enough room to warrant us paying whatever inter's gonna want for him to, to his, his loan is is till next season the end of next Fuck. season it was like a year or two year loan yeah um but yeah i would be surprised if back still here. but you know cristiano says in the comments he's part of the joe mario deal right it was one of those like you know He's not going to be part of it, but you know you need to include him type Back deal. So who who yeah. knows what the stipulations are off that? Agreement. Yeah, he probably, he probably needs to play him in order to get more value for him, and Inter can probably get rid of him for a higher price. Right. Yeah, or he, you know, who knows if we even have a a loan termination clause yeah. in there? I would I would hope that Benfica wouldn't be stupid enough to not do that, but um, time will tell. Uh, we move on to the final which is this weekend on saturday um we don't know who the opponent will be it's either going to be sporting or uh santa clara um chic marcelino uh <laughs> chic, he says hi guys tonight was hard to watch um yep. yeah but 
last Friday was harder, I thought. <laughs> so this today wasn't as bad. I feel like we're used to it already. Um, again, we don't know who the finalist is going to be with us, uh, but wanted to get your thoughts on the on the final here. Uh, if and I guess taking out who the opponent is, but do you think that this final, uh, if Mifik is able to win it, uh, that it could be kind of a stepping stone to propel the team to have another kind of breath of fresh air to, to move on for what's rest left of the season. Or if you look at it, the other side, right? Say it's a final with Sporting, right? Which again, with all due respect to Santa Clara, who they have beat Sporting recently. They also beat Porto. Um, so anything's possible, but let's just say Benfica Sporting in this final. Benfica wins. Do you think that it could give the team that, boost that they desperately need and on the other side of it if Benfica loses again <laughs> to a rival in a final do you think it is the absolute checkmate for this team for the rest of the season Bill I'll start with you yes <laughs> all the above I, I think I mean I mean yeah if if, if we were assuming it's going to be sporting because I mean it probably should be but that's the, the good thing about footy and anything can happen, but we're looking at it where the, it's more than likely going to be Sporting. And I think if we go into that final against Sporting and are able to 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 beat Sporting in, in the final, yes, it's, as everyone likes to say, Tasso the Canecos or whatever. Like, it's it's not what we wanted at the beginning of the season, but I think it, given the circumstances, I think it's something you can hang your hat on and, uh, especially beating a rival in a final would be um, even sweeter. And then on the reverse side, like if we were to go into that final and lose against Sporting, um, I think it would just put the nail in the coffin for the season. And that the, how bad the teams look these last few games, I think it would it might get even worse um, if we were to lose to Sporting again in a final. Like I, I just think it might get even worse at that point. Oscar, do you agree? And I'm going to ask you this in the event that, and I hope it's not the case, but in the event that regardless of who the opponent is in the final, that Benfica comes out as the defeated. Um, do you think that Nelson Verissimo survives that? I think Verissimo will be here until, until mostly the end of the season. Right. I yeah. think if he has a horrible ending of the season, I think it's right away after the season is over, they they say, you know, they announce probably a new coach to start the whole preseason with the team and all that. But I think he's not going to go anywhere. I think it's it's more right now. It's like, hey, let's hope for the best and let's finish the season. Um, you know what I'm afraid of? This team doesn't give me any confidence, right? It's like one of those it, back in, when we had like the Javi Garcia's and, uh, and Enzo's. We went to a game like we played against Juventus, yeah. and and or I don't think Javier Garcia was there, but we no. played against Enzo and and all those guys, and we played against the Juventus, and I and went to the game confident, right? Like even though the Juventus was stacked with yep. Pogba's and Pirlo's yep. and all that, I went to the game like convinced that we can beat this, that we can win, right? We beat Tottenham, we beat all, you know, we smoked all these teams, everything, Everton, whatever it was, yep. and. And we, I, I'm like, this, this team is, gives me confidence. We can play. And this team reminds me of uh, back in 1999 or, or 2000, whatever it was, when we had a phenomenal game like uh, against an Europa League 
And then right after the phenomenal game that we had, and I forget the team we played, that was like in Greece or even Germany, maybe, uh, we went to play Celta de Vigo and we lost 7-0, right? That's a confidence I have with with because going to that to the that the that round to the Celta de Vigo game, I remember that I was watching my dad and we we're like maybe it was Panathinaikos or somebody. I I think we even got Sabri out of that 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 team. Oh, okay. Pollock, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we played a phenomenal game. We were like, oh shit, Benfica's back, and, blah, blah, blah. and then we showed up the next game and lost seven zero to Celta de Vigo. That's that's the confidence I have with this team, which is scary, scary. So I think if we lose to Sporting one more time, which is another uh, arrival, it is it is the end of the season for for, for Benfica. I don't I don't see uh, I don't see us coming back and winning the Campeonato, and we're out of everything else in the Champions League. That's what I'm afraid of. It's very scared of that. Champions League is going to be ugly if things don't yeah. improve yeah. very quickly. Chico Marcelino says the only confidence we can have is that you you'll still struggle against any sort of team that's organized, right? And and I think we saw that again today, right? Like they played with a back line of five. Um, they made it difficult to break them down, and and we already lack creativity for for whatever the hell the reason is, and and we were just not able. We would get there and we'd pass it back side to side. Um, but Oscar, you touched on um, the Champions League, right? And and the reason I asked is the Champions League is not till the end of February. I think February twenty eighth is the first game. Um, if if we're not if we are to not win this final, regardless of who the opponent is, whether it's Sporting, whether it's Santa Clara, um, right? The team now looks at it like, all right, we're nine points back from first place, right? Like, is the confidence there from a league perspective, right? So now your real only confidence is the the champions league right but is the team now going to have the confidence in the manager to deliver right if we're not able to deliver against the santa claras or the spartings or the Arocas of the world how confident is this team to is this team going to be to perform against the Ajaxes of this world right like how confident is this team going to go into it right so is it worth taking the chance and riding out the wave until the end, right? Because again, there's a lot of money at stake in this champions league. And it's not like we're going up against a man city, right? It's not like we're going against a real Madrid, right? Like, yes, with all due respect, IX is one of the best footballing teams on the planet today, right? They play good ball. And we saw that against spotted thing, but of all the opponents that we could have got, I think, I think we have a, a, an opponent that, that we could go head to head with, right? But I just feel like we're potentially throwing the towel in before we should when we have a really good opportunity in front of us to to do something that we haven't done in a really long time. Bill, thoughts? Yeah, I mean my my hope is that like these players like it's the Champions League, like that holds so much like prestige in world football, right? Like, and my hope is that these guys go into that game, like, all right, it's the fucking Champions League, Ajax at home. Like, let's get, let's, they get up for it. And, um, and I think most of our better, our, our better performances this year have come in the Champions League, right? Like, the, the, like, we've touched the Barca game, um, the Fudino games. They are PSV like away. our, right? Like, performances that if you look back on like you we hung our hat on like this is a this was a good fucking performance have all come in or for the most part have all come in the champions league so that's my only hope that going into these games 
these players like can somehow like flip a switch and, and like they get onto like another level that like if they realize like what's at stake, it's Champions League. Like everyone wants to play in Champions League and, and they have an opportunity here where if they go into it and put in like two performances fucking out of this world, like we have a good shot of, of going through, but the way, the way we've been playing is, isn't going to cut it. Like the, the things need to change and like manager player, like it needs to be like, everyone needs to, it needs to be a, a quick change. Cause if, if we go into that, those games against Ajax playing like this, it's, it's going to be ugly. We're in trouble. Um, Oscar, uh, right. So, we have we don't know the finalists. We'll find out tomorrow. Uh, would you rather play against Sporting? Um, again, not knowing the results, right? Would you rather go against Sporting with a chance of uh, revenge, if if you want to call it that, right? Having lost at home and gotten embarrassed and played shit, um, having an opportunity to kind of put your stamp in the ground and say, "Listen, that game was a fluke. Let's go out and fucking." and show what we're worth, right? And do, do you think that game against an opponent like that gives this team a different lift? Or would you rather go against Santa Clara um, where you then potentially run the risk of people saying, oh, well, you won the Tasa de Liga, but it was against Santa Clara, right? So you know, blah, 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 right? So if you had your choice, what would you pick? Santa Clara. And I tell you, <laughs> because I want to... I, I knew you was going to say that. But the thing is... It was. What's, wasn't it, what's wasn't worse it? if we if we lose a final to Sporting or lose a yeah, final but, to Santa Clara? But, we'll be, but we're already used to. Uh, we have a better chance of being Santa Clara. <laughs> so so, but wasn't it last year that we were we we had to win against Santa Clara to stay in the race and we lost Santa Clara? I think it was last year. It was two um, years ago at home. We lost four to three. Yeah, yeah. So 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 it doesn't really mean it. It can't go either way. But I I think we have a better chance of being Santa Clara. So a, a, a trophy is a trophy, and I rather have the trophy. I'm going to, before I pass it to Bill, I'm going to ask you guys this question now, which is, given the current circumstances, what would you consider a good season for Benfica today? Oscar, I'll start with you. There isn't, there isn't, well, if we went out. Give, so given what we're, what we're into today, right? We're nine points back, right? So with, with what's rest of the season, what would you consider a good ending to the season? All right, a good ending to the season was us winning the Tassa and going to the next phase of Champions League. To me, that and obviously finishing the top, the top two would be ideal because I, I don't think only top two go to Champions League next year, right? Uh, two go direct, three goes to qualifier again. Oh, you already have it. You still have it to qualifier. Yeah. So, so finishing top three, obviously, and it's very feasible because uh, Braga is way behind third. So, finishing top three, preferably top two, uh, going to the next phase in Champions League and winning the Tasa de Liga, I think that would have been considered and. Uh, you know, even though we have the, the 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 most expensive team to history, I think that's still considered as a good season to, relatively to where we are right now. Damn, you would say that's a good. I would say that's expected. given given current. I wouldn't say that. I would say given current circumstances. And Bill, I'll go to you next. And and those of you in the chat, let us know what your thoughts. Uh, and again, this is based on current state, right? Not from the beginning of the season, but given to where we are today, I would say. Finishing in the top three and winning the Tasa de Liga for me, given current circumstances, would be a good good ending given what we're up against. 
moving into the next round of the Champions League and the Tusser Liga and finishing top three, I think would be a really three. good season. Yeah. Now, to, to, to me, to me is more like uh, why I expect them to win the Tusser the Liga and I expect them to finish top top three, right? That's expected. Now, to me, to make it a yep. good season is make the next round of Champions League. Fair, fair. Bill, you agree? No, I, I agree with what you were saying. Like, I, like given what is going on and how we've been playing lately, I, I think if we were to win the toss of the Liga and um, finish, what did you say, top three? Yeah, because it at least yeah. gives us Champions League, even though we yeah, won't, if, don't want to have to qualify. Yeah, if we get Champions League and win toss of the Liga, given the current circumstances, I think that would be a good season. And Shiko makes a comment if, here which is we need a direct Champions League qualification so we have more time next preseason. And that's been the pattern in the last two, three years, whereas we, you know, we start our season, right? In August, we end up playing like fucking nine games. Like it's just yep. balls to the wall, right? You don't get the team ends up getting toasted before, you know, mid-season. So that's another valid point, right? And it touches on what Oscar had said, right? Is if we can get into that top two spot, which is only three points away from us. Um, so it's very attainable. Uh, you know, that obviously would be a little bit better, but um, I do think that winning the Tusk of the League, I think for me, is an absolute must given the fact that we won nothing last year and we could at least win something, right? Again, you can call it whatever you want Tusk of the Cerveja, the Tusk of Curtisa, whatever you want to call it, a cup's a cup, right? And and we would have all have said it at the beginning of the season. If we had to rate all the competitions and what's the least important, 100% this is the least important of all of them, right? But I'm also of the opinion that if you're not going to play a competition to win it, then you might as well not play in it, right? So we have an opportunity to win a title. Winning titles brings winning mentality, whether it's the top tier or the third competition. So I think regardless of the opponent losing this competition on Saturday will be, you talk about a cliff Oscar, this is a fucking cliff, in my opinion. If we don't win this game, regardless of the opponent, and even worse, if it's against Sporting, if we don't win this game, there's not going to be a parachute that can keep you from hitting the ground. On this, I, we, on this I, but this, well, we already hit the ground this season. Yeah, we're not, we're not too far from it. Listen, yeah. I don't think we've hit rock bottom yet. We're not Hopefully far. We're, we're not far, but I think if we lose yeah. this final, regardless of the opponent, but even more so... If it's against Sporting, I think at that point we'll hit rock bottom. Not just because mentality wise, the team will be completely shattered, but the fan base. I mean, you guys saw it today in the second half, the fans are whistling and booing the team, right? If we lose a final, dude, the fans are going to go nuts. And it's the the environment around the team is not going to get any better. So it concerns me a little bit of, of what's to come. Um, joining us is finishing top two, winning the Tasa and Champions League next round. So touches on what Oscar was was saying. Um, Sheik says the least important competition is probably the Super Tasa. True. But uh, I don't know. Mm. Would you guys say that? I'd rather win the Super Tasa than I would. The I mean, the, the Super Tasa is like the Carly, the Community Shield, right? It's a preseason. Yeah, top. but it's a, it's a one game thing. It, when the Tasa of the League is, you have to actually qualify for it. You have to play yeah. a bunch of knockout phases. So the, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, I think, more, it's harder to win the Tasa of the League than it is the Tasa of the Oliveira. I agree. So, and it, and the Tasa of the Oliveira, the Super Tasa is a 
right? That's the first official game of the season, right? So yeah. new players, right? So different dynamics. So it's like a preseason type of game. Yeah. Joanina says we already hit her rock bottom last year. You just said it. We won nada. That's true. But I still don't think we hit rock bottom. I think hopefully we don't get there. But I think if we don't win this weekend, I think you guys are really going to see rock bottom. But hopefully we don't see that. Um, to close out this game, uh, who was your MVP, Bill? I think it's pretty obvious for most, but thoughts? Yeah, I, I got to give it to, to Vlaco. I think he kept us in it. Um, and that, I mean, he didn't make a single save in PKs, right? They were all missed. He no, saved he one. Made, he made he gave an awesome save on the second one. Yeah, the Did second he? one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The second one, he, moved, yeah, I think he saved it to his right. I think in the saves he made in regulation, I think, were. But yeah, we must. Man of the match. <laughs> we can't forget the terrible penalties. From Jeez. Boavista, what so, the so hell? What, what, what would you say, Mike, if we had lost to Boavista today? Is that rock bottom? I think it would have been uh, losing either one of these two games. I think the team would have spiraled significantly. And especially like if we had lost this game, given the performance we put in that second half, it would have been an absolute. I mean, you go on social media today and it, like people are fucking losing their minds. And we made it to the final, right? Again, I think we limped in. If there was a winner that should have happened in 90 minutes, it, it shouldn't have been us. Um, but that's that's football, right? I mean, we went to penalties and we were we were more efficient than they were. But again, I hope that it doesn't come to that. But I fear that Saturday could be one of those moments for Benfica that it absolutely lifts the team or it absolutely like it's the breaking point, I think, for me. Um and hopefully it, the, it doesn't break. Hopefully it, it makes it a little bit stronger. Oscar, who's your MVP? Yeah, I mean, Bill said it. I, I, I thought I thought Everton had a good game. Um, the goal he scored, he was uh, he was pressing high in the first half. He was he was uh, getting involved. Um, and then I but Vlako saved us. I think Vlako is the reason why we're still in this competition. I agree. I don't think anyone can. Uh can deny that Vakodimus got 7.0 on goal point. He was actually rated or voted uh, player of the match. So thankfully to him uh, and his saves and a couple of Boavista misses, we, uh, we move on to Saturday's final and then we will see uh, what the outcome is there. Uh, we just have two more topics quickly that I want to touch on here before we wrap up. Um, one being Florentino's back in the, Team, or is going to be back um they're going to recall him or have recalled him from loan uh oscar how do you think do you think he can have an influence in the team um do you think it's more just you know if he's not playing outside let's bring him home and and see if we can get him some minutes here what do you think this is this move means i i was i was a fan of what uh, i mean i was it was in the career but it was it was he was growing on me when he was a benfica and he was actually playing uh he started he started a bunch of games with Lodge, um and he was growing on me there's a few games i'm like damn Florentino has to start right um and then he showed a little laziness and i don't know if it's motivational if, it, if it's whatever it is but it, but it, it, I, we know that he can ball right so and we all know that Vigel and joe mario need a break and if we have players like playing like Mato did today when he came in and stepping up and playing well, and Florentino coming back and playing the that role, the number eight role very well, we, we might they might be influential to the team, especially down the road if we're still in the Champions League and and whatnot. Bill, do you agree that he can have some influence, or do you think it's more just bring our home team, our home players back, and see what we can do with them here? Yeah, I think it's a probably a mix of that right like i i think they're the plan is 
gonna be to kind of go back to the to the youth and and um kind of giving them their opportunities and i think um this was probably like the first step of it right bringing him back was he was he not playing much he was I mean, playing i i mean i don't watch get he's like he was like a tough he's right? like tougher yeah i don't watch mo- any of their games but i from what i had seen he was playing regularly um but i don't know if recently he stopped playing i can look it up while you're talking but yeah i, I, I just stopped playing but I, I think it's it's a mix of that right get him back um get him get him home for, uh and give him his opportunities in the midfield and like oscar said he did show glimpses when lodge brought him up and for a, for a short period of time there he was an easy pick on in the starting 11 and then he kind of fell off a bit um but yeah i think if he can come back and find any kind of glimpse of that form that i think it um will be beneficial to us just going into the, to the rest of the season because uh, we've all said it Jean Mario and Weigel are probably two of the guys that have the most minutes on those legs and um eventually they're going to need some time to rest and get some games off because um or else we're going to burn them out yeah, I mean looking at his games here we have uh you know he started off the season 90 minutes 90 minutes for the you know he went on a good stretch and then recently you know, in the last five, six, seven games, he, he's he been sub that wasn't used, you know, half of them, 20 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 16 minutes here. Um, so it seems like he's lost some sort of, uh, you know, he was only in the starting 11 six times, and most of those were at the beginning of the season here. So, uh, yeah, I, it's an interesting one. I, I personally think that he can add value, like Oscar said. Um, I think that, he could be a player that could play either behind or alongside Weigel. Um, he's a player that will run. He'll occupy space. Um, he'll get in a challenge, um, and then he can kind of distribute uh, the ball and let Weigel um, do what he needs to do. Um, you know, Shiko Marcelino says Tino's better than Mike, uh in the number six position, but to be honest, I don't believe he can add much to this Benfica squad. I, I also don't disagree with that either. Um, but then again, right, like if – if we see the Maite that we saw today, right? But then is Maite a six, right? Is he more of an eight, right? So those are the question marks that we, we still haven't been able to answer because, the, you know, the Maite that we've seen has been, you know, a, a, a turtle moving around in our midfield. And when I say moving, I use that term loosely because he wasn't moving very much in the in the performances that he's had recently. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Tino and if it's one of those, you know, let's bring him back and he doesn't play or if, if they're going to try to move him somewhere else on a loan uh, or if he's actually going to be influential. Uh, last one here, quick one. Uh, Weigel was uh, made one of the captains of the team. Um, and I know this topic comes up, has come up very often with people saying, you know, why isn't Rafa a captain? Why isn't Grimaldo a captain? Um, any objections to this decision? Do you guys think, Bill? No, I'm not. I know a lot of people, I think it was like the old school way where like, it was like seniority type of thing, right? Like typically it would go to whoever's been on the team the longest. I, I'm not of that mindset. I think it, I think it has to, the captaincy has to go to people that are, have a voice on the field and um, kind of lead by example. And I think, I think he's been our, in these last two years, he's easily been our most consistent player. And um, I, I, I don't have any issue with him 
being named one of the captains. Oscar? I The only reason why I do is because he, first of all, I don't know how good he speaks the Portuguese language. And second of all, he's not vocal. He's not a, a guy that, that that you can tell he's on the field, like telling people, you know, here, this, that there's, he's not a, a leader, meaning vocal, vocally leader, like Otamendi is. You can tell Otamendi is a, is a leader on the field. Uh, Weigel is a guy that he does a, his job perfectly fine, uh, you know, the, probably the best this season. But be, make, making you a, the best player on the team doesn't mean you're a captain, right? right. Uh, so, so he's uh, to me, he needs somebody that's more vocal and obviously somebody that speaks a language. So I, I don't know, I don't know where this comes from, but I don't disagree. The article that I had read was that the team uh, respects him in the locker room and they look at him as a leader, right? But I agree with you; he doesn't seem to be the most vocal on the field. Um, but again, I don't know what that looks like. But then again, like Vertonghen doesn't come across as a guy that's really vocal on the field. But then again, he's he was captain at Tottenham. He's captain for the Belgian national team. Um, so I don't know. Maybe some of these leaders have different ways of, of approaching yeah, maybe, yeah. how they do things. I don't know. Maybe players would prefer someone who's not constantly yelling at them um, during the game. Right. I don't know how it pans out, but uh, I, I thought it was an interesting choice, uh, but I'm not bothered by it because i i think he's one of our more consistent players right and he's former german international and i think he has some status in that locker room again i don't think being one of the better players makes you uh a good captain or a good leader um but i think that i think them appointing him one of the captains i think for me at least gives us an assurance that he's probably not going anywhere anytime soon hopefully that's the case but then again if somebody comes knocking with some uh, big stack of cash. I can't imagine if he is going to turn it away either. Um, Joanina says here at the end of the day, we aren't in the locker room to judge. It's a good point. Right. So I figured Oscar. Yeah, but, 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 but a, a, a leader is not only in the locker room. A leader Correct. is somebody that leads a team out in the field and on the field defends the team. Right. So if there's a yellow card or, or a foul that the ref does against your teammate, you, you want to see that your leader, your captain arguing that call. If it's, if there's a right to be argued, I don't see Vigel arguing it. Yeah, I, 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 so I need Otamendi. Otamendi would 100. Yep. He would go up to the ref and, and everything. I, like you, you look, but that's but that's a leader. You look at Pep, Pep, right? Yeah. Pep would yeah. go into the ref's face and argue that call, even though uh, it, some people don't like it. But that's what a captain does. You defend your team on the field and outside in the locker room. Now somebody that does a little probably PowerPoint speech on the locker room <laughs> with, a, with a laser it can be a good a good role model, but it's not a lead on the field. Do you think in just a cap this one off do you do you see that in ruben diaz for example he's the captain now at manchester city or one of the captains do you see that characteristic in him oscar ruben of course i do ruben diaz on the field yeah he does it ruben diaz like even when there's a hard tackle you can tell you like when he does a hard tackle he looks at the at the players and he does like screams uh, like i've seen that multiple multiple times with him doing it in you know, men's city and in benfica like that's that's a like to, a guy that comes on the field. You can tell that he's motivating other players, right? When he when he does something well, he, he like uh, looks at the other teammates like this is what you guys have to do. Like th- like this is I'm leading by example. That's a leader, and to me, that's that's the that's the the best quality on a on a leader is that. Juanina says Ruben Diaz is just the fucking man. Yeah, he is. I wish. I mean, he was a he was a un, un, Undisputedly, the our captain. If if even even over, over Otamendi, if, uh, if if he had uh, stayed, if he had stayed. Yeah. Um. Well, 
that is the last topic for us. We have uh, the final coming up this weekend. Uh, we don't know the opponent. We'll find out tomorrow. Um, I personally would, as much as I hate to say it, I would like to play Sporting and get some payback, hopefully. But then I'm worried that if we don't win, it's going to be a fucking shit show. But hey, I, I would rather go up against them. Um, we will be back tomorrow with the Portuguese podcast with the other guys. Um, want to thank everyone in the comments. Juanina, Shiku, Cristiano was in there. We had some earlier ones. Uh, Carlos from the UK, Luz, Luisa Augusto. Uh, we had quite a lot of views, but people were shy today. I don't know. Maybe they were just kicking back and didn't want to type anything to us. So that's fine. Um, if you're listening to us after the fact or watching us after the fact on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, or watching us the video format, um, don't forget to subscribe, like, uh, retweet, share, follow, um, all of those other things that I may have missed. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow. Portuguese podcast will be back next week for the English uh, recap of the final of the Tasa Liga. Gentlemen, as always, a pleasure. Viva Benfica and have a good evening. Good night, guys. Good